Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Michael Bumpus, live from one of my favorite cities in the world. How are you now? Gallant, Danny, I'm well. How are you guys doing today? Just jealous. Really, I mean, you're there. I want to be there. Anywho, let's start with question number one. So, Bump, we, we did this a little bit earlier, and anyone who wants to play this game as well, 710-710 is the Mac and Jack Brewing Company text line. There's a lot of scrutiny that will be on three of the key Seahawks this coming season. The great Chiumbret. You've got general manager John Schneider. You've got head coach Pete Carroll. You've got your quarterback Russell Wilson. How would you rank those guys in terms of who has the most scrutiny on them to who has the least scrutiny on them for the 2021 NFL season? Yeah, I think it's easy who has the most, right? The guy who complained about getting hit, who had his agent leak out some information saying he wanted to go to a different team. The guy who kind of put the spotlight on himself during the offseason, it has to be Russell Wilson, the guy who's getting paid $35 million a year. I think he has to be at the top of that list, and he should be at the top of that list. And when it comes to football, your quarterbacks are usually the ones who take all the scrutiny and who really deserve it. I mean, they make the team go. You win or lose with your quarterback. Of course, there are other positions around that support this guy, but you have to start with Russell Wilson. And then after that, I think you got to go Pete Carroll. I heard you talking earlier, Paul, how um, I think we put too much into Pete Carroll kind of pulling back the reins on Russell when, uh, when things started going bad, but he's the decision maker. Mm. I mean, Russell is the ultimate um, executor, and then Pete Carroll is the decision maker when it comes to game day, when it comes to during the week preparation. So then you got to go Pete Carroll. The bottom of the list, it has to be Schneider. Schneider has done everything in his power, in my opinion, to make sure that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are set up for success this year. You're bringing an offensive lineman. You sign Kerry Hyder. You have one of the best drives I've seen in the last couple of years, in my opinion, and you only have three picks. He's addressed every single need that this football team needs, not to mention you bring in Gerald Everett, a tight end. Your quarterback's complaining about the offense. You're bringing a new offensive coordinator. I mean, this guy's willing and dealing. It's like he's at Sin City right now with me on the poker table, and, uh, <laughs> and he's balling right now. So I, I think that's the order you got to go in. You got to go with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, the Schneider at the bottom. Hope he has alligator blood at the poker table. I want to ask you about evaluating Russell's season. If we were going to say Russell's 2020 season was average, and I'm going to say that's an average Russell Wilson season, like for him, like, hey, he played about how Russell plays. Was it good or was it great? Russell Wilson's 2020 season was, you fill in the blank bump. Oh, man. Good, great, average. I would say it was... um it was uh, interesting, I would say, because we saw what Russell Wilson typically does, at least the last few years, right? Come out hot, you're playing well, you're in the MVP talk, and then something happens. So he did what he, what he typically does. I think his, his good moments were better than his other good moments. You know what I mean? I mean, like those the first seven weeks of the year, I mean, this guy's playing at a level I've never seen him play at. But then he kind of teetered out and, and got back to what, who Russell Wilson really is or who he he's typically has been and, um, and had some struggles a little bit. But 
I mean, it's so hard to kind of label what Russell Wilson did last year because it was so up and down. I mean, we, we saw a guy who was looking like Patrick Mahomes at one point, and then we saw a guy who kind of looked like Jared Goff, you know, <laughs> tossing picks and, and just throwing it up there and closing his eyes at times. But I think that even in, at his worst, he's still better than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I, I would say, man, it, it's mixed emotions. Russell Wilson's season was a bag of mixed emotions and mixed performances. But even with all that being said, still had one of the best seasons in the NFL at the quarterback spot. Question two. Next thing to ask you, Bump, we're going to get to the Logan Paul or Ryan Jake Paul got your hat, going to snatch all of the uh, all of the, the the attention, which maybe that's got Sin City buzzing. I, I, that wasn't in Las Vegas, but but maybe we'll end up seeing that happen uh, there. We'll get to that here in just a second. But first, going to ask you about Seattle and what we expect to see from their NFL uncertainty about injury management. Juwan James, we talked about this earlier this week. He tore his Achilles. It now sounds like the NFL is saying and telling teams don't don't pay guys if they get hurt and they're not on the the, the team facility. Is this the right approach for the NFL? No, it's the wrong approach. I mean, when you think about the NFL, it's not a player friendly league at all. The NBA is the most player friendly league in all the land, in my opinion. But the NFL encouraging teams not to pay guys just uh, enhances the reputation of just being hard-nosed and selfish. I think the NFL should stay out of this. Let each organization determine what they want to do. Each organization is different. Seattle's different from New England. New England's different from Miami. Miami's different from Minnesota. You have different ownership. You have different leaders. Allow them to decide what they want to do and, and have them make their own bed. If they don't want to pay guys, now free agents know, look, if I don't go there during voluntary workouts and train there, I'm risking money. Maybe I don't want to go there. And maybe a, a team that wants to pay guys, maybe they get advantage. NFL, stay out of this. Don't say anything. Now, I understand. I heard um, the NFLPA president, Maurice Smith, talk. And he says, look, the reason why we're encouraging guys not to go, we had 33% um, less injuries, uh, excuse me, concussions last year, 23% less overall injuries. Yeah, the numbers sound good. It makes sense. You can tweak that any way you want to. Less concussions, yeah, because they're not out there running around accidentally banging into each other. Uh, less injuries, yeah, because maybe you just got lucky this year. So it's all about spinning the story to make your side advantageous. In my opinion, the NFL just needs to shut their mouth. Shut their mouth and let organizations run their organizations the way that they want to. Let them make their own decisions. You want to be player-friendly. I don't understand why the NFL doesn't realize the advantage of being a player-friendly league. Um, it enhances your reputation. It makes players um, not boo Roger Goodell when he comes out for the draft. Just little things, man. But the NFL is showing you they don't care. Like, we're the shield. We're the most powerful league in this country. We're going to do what they want to. So if that's what they want to do, then that's what they want to do. At least they're being consistent. But in my opinion, shut your mouth. Let the organizations do what they want to do. I like this libertarian approach to football. I like it. And, Bump, I, I, I would say, though, on, on that front, you know, when we take – a look at just how the NFL is operating here and and especially in the offseason. I think I get why they're doing it because they're looking at what's going on with quarterbacks and I don't think they want more than quarterbacks to start doing 
the Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers dance that they've been doing this offseason, maybe that's their holdup is that they feel like if more players get treated the way that maybe some players get treated differently than, you know, more some players get treated differently than others. Maybe they feel like that is the danger that they run should they operate in that way where it's more player friendly. Yeah, I can see that. It's um, it's all about control at the end of the day, right? But what, what baffles me is how do you look at a league like the NBA and, and think maybe we should do a little bit of that? And maybe vice versa. Maybe the NBA looks at the NFL and says, you know, maybe we should be a little more strict or a little more stern about certain things. Um, it's all about being yourself. You have to be true to what you believe in. But, man, this is the public supports these leagues. The public makes these things go. The players are the ones on the field risking everything. People don't show up to see what Schneider's going to say or what Schneider's going to do. They want to see Russell. They want to see DK. So if these guys have a little bit of power, uh, they should be okay with that. But that's just not how this works. The only way this thing changes is when these owners who are 70-something years old, these guys who are in leadership positions kind of phase out, and you get a new wave, a new generation of leadership in the NFL. Maybe you'll see some change then. That's what happened with the NFL. As soon as Adam Silver came in, a guy who was a little more aware of what's going on, you started seeing things change. Guys can wear what they want to now. At one point, you know, Allen Iverson made it so everybody, you couldn't wear your wave cap or white tee. You had to be suited and booted. Um, it, it's all about control, and it's about leadership. And if the NFL... If they do change, it's going to be after all these old guys have been filtered out the league. It is. There's something about it that really sits poorly with me, that the team is punishing players who are working out to get ready for the season. I get if it's a non-football right? injury and you get hurt playing basketball or doing something like that. Even then, you'd in, unless it's something reckless, I, I think you'd be a pretty bad employer to not. But the NFL, to make a big deal about this and send memos... For guys, hey, you have to work out on on site. It 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 feels like they're treating them like little kids. It it sits very very yeah. poorly with me. It's crazy. They're they're preparing for their job. And yes. People prepare differently. I'm sure you, myself, Paul, and you, Danny. When we prepare for a show, we probably do some of the same things, but we probably do different things. But you know what? We're still going to come on at at seven o'clock and, and do what we have to do. Don't control a man's preparation. Everyone prepares differently. I just don't agree with that. If you if you want them to wear fifteen pieces of flair, make the rule that they have to wear fifteen pieces of flair. Don't say it's voluntary and then punish them for not wearing the right amount of flair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Allen Iverson's practice rant. Today is the 19 year anniversary of Allen Iverson's practice, practice? rant. We talking about practice? We are talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. <laughs> Question number three. I'm old. <laughs> well, this might also make you feel old, Michael Bumpus, and just wondering what's real and what isn't. So, Logan Paul, one of the infamous YouTube sensations, he is going to fight Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match. Jake Paul, after I guess Floyd Mayweather challenged both Logan and Jake to take him on in the ring two on one, got into the fray, and pulled off one of the best trolling moves I have seen in quite some time. Here is how it sounded. Essentially, what took place was you saw Jake Paul come up to Floyd Mayweather, and he took his hat. Let me call you out here. Let's make it happen. Come on, one night. Got your hat. 
Got your hat. Do you think that was real, Bump? Was that moment real, or do you think that was something that they talked about before and choreographed it? No, I I think it was real. I think that Jake went in with a plan. I think he knew he was going to try to push every button he could with this man. And honestly, because of the state of boxing right now, I'm all for it. I, I feel I almost feel dirty saying it, right? I remember just the good old days, right? The glory days of boxing. This is what boxing has come to. If this is what it is, fully embrace it, put on a show. This is like Don King's dream to have this type of situation go down. So I, I don't think Floyd Mayweather knew that he was going to snatch his hat from him, but I think that he knew something was going to go down. I mean, they know. this. They're trying to make some money right here. They're trying to sell this fight. Floyd Mayweather said $100 million. Is he really going to get $100 million for this fight? I mean, goodness gracious. It's all about the money, and Floyd... Floyd understands that, and Jake knows, man, this is my moment. This is my moment to shine. Whether I win or lose, this is where I really make my money. It's all entertainment. So it was real in the action, but they knew something was going to go down. They they talked before. They have their publicists or people speak to each other and say, look, we got to put on the show. Make it exciting. So when Floyd is storming around in the garage after Logan Paul has been roughed up and saying, got your hat, got your hat, and Floyd's saying, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. You don't ever disrespect me. Is he really that mad or is he playing it up? I think he's irritated, but he ain't that mad. You know what I mean? He's uh, he, he's Dwayne Johnson, the rock. After something happens, and he's in, a, in the hallway of an arena throwing stuff around. I mean, it, it's all a show. I think he was bothered. I think he felt a bit disrespected, but he also, he also is an entertainer and a businessman. He knows this is just going to help the fight. Then what does he do after that? He immediately sits down with Boss. Barstool Sports. I mean, this is—it's all—it's all orchestrated, orchestrated here. I, the action—I don't know if he knew that was going to happen, but yeah, it's all entertainment, man. And uh, Danny, if you—if you buy the fight, I will be texting you right after, and we will—we'll uh, we'll break it down. <laughs> Bump, I think <laughs> we'll I might converse. even buy the fight. We will Let's converse. Go. Buy that fight, Paul. <laughs> that is—that is Blue Forty Two. Bump, we really appreciate you joining us. We hope that uh, you and and your family have a great weekend there. Best of luck to your son who's playing there in Las Vegas. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Hey, tell Lockett I, I appreciate him rocking that number sixteen way better than I did. <laughs> we will do that. We'll talk to Tyler Lockett coming up at nine. That is Michael Bumpus.